Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue the series, Why You're Essential. Why You're Essential. We have been very considerate and obedient concerning the guidelines and all that we've been trying to do. Uh, There's been different opinions out there. But I've learned, we've learned as a family and as staff, that when you're obedient and you're considerate and you simply just do what God says to do, at the same time being obedient to your authorities and people that are in, 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 over you in leadership, that, you know, God has a unique way of making things happen, and he's bringing us out of this season, and, but we are going to continue to pray. We believe he's bringing us out of this season, despite what it looks like outside or what the numbers may be of the stats, the one thing we're trying to help the church with is their faith to encourage you and help you realize that God knows where you're at, God knows where you've been, and God knows where he he wants you to be. And he cares about you and he loves you so much. So we're going to encourage all of you with faith. We're getting through this. By God's grace, he's going to help those that are in charge in the medical field and those that are on the front lines, we're still praying God's hand on them. God protect them. Those that have been infected by the virus, we can't move on and forget. We have to continue to pray and believe because we're not out of it, but we're coming out of it. Somebody say, God bless them, Jesus. God bless them. So here's what we're going to talk about today. With all of this happening, um, it just just blows my mind to see all the havoc, the confusion in our world right now. Not only are you and I essential during this pandemic and things that have occurred, but we are also essential during all of the riots, all the hatred and the hurt that's going on and the fear that's happening right now. You are positioned to make a difference. You are positioned. So I want to take an example out of the scripture and let's just get into the word of God. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 and 12. From the New Living Translation, I'm reading that from that version today. It says, and today, by the way, is the day of Pentecost. And we're using this as honor and honoring that day and celebrating that moment and this experience. But, but in chapter 1, um, chapter 2 verse 1 says, on the day of Pentecost, the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the the Holy Spirit gave them this ability." At that time, there was devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own language spoken by the believers. Now, catch this scene really quickly. Through study, we we realized that this, this location where the 120 were, in reference to the upper room, in reference to 
their location. It wasn't in the backside of a hill outside of town. It was right in the middle of town. When you do the study, you'll find out it was right in the middle, and it was an open area where people can see because this is where they heard the noise. They were able to hear it. They were able to see it, and then they were amazed. According to history, this was during the time when people had come through the, through through back to their hometown in Jerusalem from different nations to pay homage and to give honor and to pay homage to the, to the government. And so during this season, they were traveling and coming back in, and there were people that were living there, and they heard this noise, and everyone ran to it. And verse 6 says, when they heard the loud noise, everyone was running, and they were bewildered to hear their own language being spoken by the believers. And they were completely amazed but can, how can this be? They exclaimed because they knew who they were, but said, how are they speaking our language? And, and these people from all, all from Galilee, yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And, and here we are. Here are the nations. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pontphilii, Egypt, and the area of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jew and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, we all hear these people speaking the language about the wonderful things that God has done. In this series, you are, Why You're Essential, today we're going to be talking about how to live in a dark world. And from this right here, I want you to recognize in this one portion, different races, different colors, different cultures were all brought together because after this portion of Scripture, a sermon was preached and Peter stood up and preached to all of them. And they all had an experience with God and committed to God, no matter what their color was, no matter what their culture was. The answer for them coming together was found in his presence. God has a unique way. He says, his ways are above our ways. And I believe the answers to that and to our world and to what's going on hasn't changed. Can we pray for the service? Can you, play, can you pray for it right now? Can you pray for me? Father, I receive it today, God. I receive your presence, your anointing, your wisdom, your love, your guidance, your direction. We love you so much, God, and we've always been so humbled and privileged and honored to, to do your work. And so, God, today, let every person be built up. Let every person be refreshed. Let every individual, God, leave here stronger, better, and wiser than what they came. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Please be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. I, um, I look and I think about some of the events that have taken place right now in our nation. And um, yesterday even, I was driving down Navarro and and saw people holding signs up and, and uh, just su in support of just justice needing to be done. It was a peaceful protest, and I think that's the proper way to do things. 
And, you know, everybody has their part. Everybody wants to do something. And there are some people that want to do something but don't know how. We want to encourage you today and kind of teach you how to make your nation, make your city, make your neighborhood, make your family better. It does start with the family and then begins to evolve. It begins to change things. And I read a study not too long ago, and it just came to me about the domino effect and how there was a group of men who experimented with the weight of a domino that they started with small dominoes and ended up making huge ones, at least five feet to ten feet tall. And the concept was that when you start with something small, you can go up at least 50% of its weight, and it has enough inertia and enough power to knock it over. God heal him right now. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. It doesn't bother me, son. It's the funniest thing. He's got the hiccups. <laughs> he can't get rid of them. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Fifty <laughs> percent of its weight uh, more can knock it over and influence it. So they added another fifty percent every single time until they got to something ginormous. But it was still able to fall over in the end because the momentum built up. I really do believe that even in rural towns and smaller towns and cities that, that though we're small in size, that what we do can have a bigger impact throughout the nation. What's enabled that to happen is social media, uh, family that live in other cities, and more importantly, your prayers. Your prayers make a huge difference in the world. I want to show you kind of an outline and a blueprint to, to what God has always done in a dark world. If you look at the diagram found in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty and dark and covered the, the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was. And so when you look at that scripture a little bit closer, you'll recognize that later on, in the book of Genesis, he created the sun, the star, and then the moon. It wasn't created in that moment. It was a different kind of light. When you look at this, the earth was without form. That means that it didn't have any kind of distinction. It did not have land. It was just water. There was no um, figuring out the, 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 the space between. You didn't know where it started either because there was no variable. There was no difference there between the, the waters. But then God said he, uh, said he separated the waters from the waters. That means that he separated the, the humidity and the mist and created a firmament, a space between clouds and, and sea. And then he gathered all the land together. And when he was done, he said, after everything he did, he said it was good. But I recognize a principle in this, and that is, that before God could build anything or change anything, he first had to get rid of the spiritual darkness. When God first said, let there be light, if you look at it and study it for yourself, it will show you that he was speaking of a light other than the sun, the moon, and the stars. I believe that it was a spiritual law 
that had to be applied and implemented before any natural law could take place. I think that principle still abides in the earth right now and that we are still under that concept or precept or principle that before anything happens in the natural, it first happens in the supernatural. Before things are moved from heaven to earth, earth has to first move. Things have to happen here. This is why prayer changes things. Prayer is God's method for us to invoke the blessings of God and to see him influence in the world because we are the body of Christ. But from the very beginning, God had to release his word. God had to get rid of darkness by opening his mouth, saying something, saying something that was going to be relevant to those that were fixing to inhabit the earth. That after everything was done, after God created order and there was an environment that was going to be conducive to life, then God formed man from the dust of the earth. And when God formed man from the dust of the earth, he looked at man again and he said, it's good. Because if you look again in the scripture, it hadn't rained on the earth until man was in the garden. He had just caused the dew to come up from the ground and he just watered everything. But when God put Adam in the garden, then he said, well, I got someone now to take care of it. I have someone responsible there. Now I can send an abundance of rain and let the harvest really come and him benefit from that, live off of it. Uh, and, and just so that's the principle. So God had to bring light. Then he created things out of that chaos and mess. God made miraculous things happen. And then he put a man there to steward that. Had it not been for the eating of the, tree, of the fruit from the tree of knowledge, then we would still be in that place of innocence and that place of, of freedom and favor to the, to the nth degree of what it was. But now we get glimpses of God's kingdom and we get glimpses of, of what it is going to be. And we experience God's goodness because God had to restore everything to what it was before. But he set things in order before he can really set things in motion. God has to set things in order in the heavens before he can set things in motion in the earth. Because how many of you remember the series we went through and we talked about This is War? Do you remember we talked about how whatever is happening in your world is really a reflection of what's happening in the heavens? Because that's where warfare takes place. That's the dimension of where prayers are, are exercised and interact. we interact with them. Well, after God set man in position, Genesis chapter 1 and 26 says that when he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion. Let them begin to dominate in an area, but he did not, if you read the scripture, give him the right to exercise that authority over man. He gave them the right and the authority to exercise that over his creation, whether it was animals, whether it was the land, things that were in the land, all the precious jewels and substance that was going to be there. It belonged to the man, and the man was going to be able with his wife, be able to take authority, rule, and begin to orchestrate this. The only thing that messed that up is when they allowed sin to come into their life, and that sin took them out of the light. That sin darkened their minds. Sin has a unique way of just robbing you of wisdom, robbing us of 
the genuineness of God's love sometimes, not stopping him from loving you, but stopping the feeling that you get from him loving you. Because sometimes, let's just be honest, sometimes we just don't feel loved. Sometimes I just don't want to love anybody. Most of the time it's because I just need to sit down and allow myself to release my emotions, take some time, and pray. Isn't it amazing how strong we become after we pray? How many of you like to pray? Prayer is a powerful weapon. Prayer Prayer is what Jude said that we needed to do to build up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And also, I've also found that prayer brings light and understanding to God's word. It illuminates. When you look at light in the scripture, we've taught this and we're redundant so we can grab a hold of it. And the concept is when you see light, it really refers to understanding in the scripture. The light of his word. The light of understanding. So the first thing that God had to do for Adam was give him a clear understanding from a different perspective. How do you think Adam named all the animals and was able to corral them and keep them and keep them at bay and things that were there? And he was deceived by something he had authority over already by an animal that was actually slithering on the ground that was beneath him. And he was influenced by that because he saw himself differently than how God saw him because the, 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 the lie was eat this and you become like God but the truth was they already were like God they already were like God so during that time from Adam all the way now to our time has been over according to studies and I don't want to go through uh, a, a debate or an argument with anyone about uh, your, your, your theory and how this world was created, but it suffices me to know that God created the heavens and the earth by just speaking it into existence because he's that powerful. And from the time of Adam, according to historians and now by scholars, they verify that from Adam's time to the day we're living in has been over about 6,000 years. But from the year that Adam was born to the time that Jesus was born, it was 4,000 years. But before Christ came into the earth, there was a small period of time where the voice of God hadn't been heard, where God was silent, per se, because there were no records of prophets writing any word from God that couldn't be dated within that 400-year span. It's called the era of darkness, 400 years of that. The only thing they had was something that was written in the Old Testament to refer to, and they anticipated the coming of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Messiah. So during that dark season, when things were dark and the voice of God hadn't been heard, there was hope that came. And the prophet Isaiah said in, 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 in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1 through 5, he said to them and prophetically gives this word and says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Who is your light? Referencing, he is speaking about Israel. He is speaking of the church, his people. But then he goes, your light has come. 
and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now he's talking about something that's going to happen that hasn't happened. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, much like the beginning of creation. But this is a spiritual darkness. Because spiritual darkness can still reoccur where there's no spiritual light. And that's what's happening in our world. There are pockets of darkness. But I thank God that he moves on people to pray and to seek him and to love people and to reach out and make a difference. But he begins to tell them, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles, that's you and I, will come to your light. That's what happened with Peter. That's what happened with Paul. That's what happened with the apostles. When the light came into the world, the light had a name. And it was spelled J-E-S-U-S. The Son of God. Not the S-U-N of God, but the S-O-N of God came in. And the light rose and shined upon his people. And the Gentiles, you and I, came into this fold. And where there was different races, different colors. Now, God said, we're all going to become one. We're all going to become one. And the glory will be seen upon you. And he said, and the kings, to the brightness of your rising, lift up your eyes around you and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from altar, from afar, your daughters shall, shall be nursed at your side, and then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Something's going to happen. Something is going to happen. The land was dark. They hadn't heard from God. It was void. But then God sent his only begotten son into the world. And this was the beginning of a new era. The beginning of something new. Let me confirm that. John chapter 1 verse 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the what? The word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the what? Light of men. Now watch this. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not what? Understand, comprehend, or see it. That means that when Jesus came as the light... There were men that couldn't see it because they were in darkness. That's why the scripture says he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous, wonderful, enlightening light. John 1, 11 and 13 says, He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But of God. God is a spirit, right? God is love, right? God is powerful, right? 
He said, I'm going to give birth to people who do receive me, who will see the light and come to the light when it comes on you. Where did they get and when did they get that light? I really do believe that found in Acts chapter 2, that first instance in that event on Pentecost, when God poured his spirit out, I really do believe that was the moment that God brought light in a dark world for all people to have. The light had come into the world because Jesus was born. The light had been shown through one man, but in that second chapter in the book of Acts, he passed the baton, if you will, or he took the flame and gave it to us. And he lit our world and he said, arise and shine. In other words, don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. This was proven by the, the, the apostle Peter who, who beforehand, even though he had the light with them, he wasn't living in the light because when Jesus was persecuted, he got scared, ran away, cussed, got mad, denied him, and repented in a godly sorrow because he knew he should have been strong and stood up for Jesus, but he didn't have it inside of him. But the light and the fire and the enlightenment and the understanding and the revelation, everything that was talked about during his moments with the master, with rabbi who was sitting with them, Jesus Christ, as he taught them, they had a portion or distinction. Partially they understood what he was saying, but then they had the very essence of what he was saying placed in their life. And from that moment on, it changed everything. And who do you think preached on that day? Who do you think stood up in that second chapter in the book of Acts and said to 3,000 people, repent, be baptized? Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And guess what? In other words, he was saying in the next part of that verse, and the same light that God gave us, he's going to give to you and pour out on your spirit and your flesh this promise, which is called the Spirit of God. And from this day forward, you're not going to be in darkness anymore. You're not going to lack understanding. You're going to have tenacity. You're going to have a backbone. You're going to be strong. You're going to have conviction. You're going to be able to stand up for what's right and do what's right and not be influenced by anybody else because I'm going to give you light. I'm going to give you hope. And that's what happened. From that day forward, all Gentile nations came and God found the Apostle Paul. And God used the Apostle Paul to reach out to all nations. And in that one moment, it was Jew and Gentile. It used to be, but now it was one body. People from different nations, black, white, Asian, brown. I don't know if there are Mexicans there or not, but I don't know. I believe there were. There were so many people from different nations that were there. The answer to their civil 
Can I take a drink of water? Because what I'm fixing to say is going to take a long breath. The answer to their problems is still the answer to ours. I'm very thankful for Victoria. I love Victoria with all of my heart. Raised in this city, scraped my knees in the downtown area of this city, riding my bike and grew up and went to school here. I love this city. I'm very thankful. And sometimes I think, what kind of a difference can we really make from here? And what does the riots have to do with me? So sometimes people feel like they've got a strong opinion. And advice, but when they state it, they have no obligation to follow through with it. Does that make sense? In other words, we can say whatever we want to, but that's not our city. But the question is, what will we do if it did happen here? How would we respond? I promise you. I promise you. There is no pattern that hasn't been repeated. That, that, that uh, when it comes to trouble, when it comes to trial and persecution, whatever it may be, one thing has always been sure every time that when God's people are in trouble, God's people pray. When the pressure is on, God's people grow. When push comes to shove, we all have to make a decision on how and who we're going to represent. The difference that can be made in our lives right now is my only point I'm going to give you, and all we have to do is just let our light shine. From where you're at, when you expose darkness, you're simply, it's not a matter of really rebuking or correcting more than it is establishing a truth. Let me give you the reason for that. See, if this whole room was dark, all I'd have to do is turn on a light the light doesn't say anything. The light has to, doesn't have to justify itself. It just has to be light. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Light just has to be light. It is strong enough. It drives darkness away. So when you naturally allow God to flow through your life, instead of worry, resentment, fear, and, and, and putting down anybody, what will come out of your life will be edified faith and healing and love, understanding and embracing and encouraging people and saying you can make it. We're praying for you. Everything's going to be okay. Encourage every good thing that you see. Encourage every good report and repeat the good reports. 
not repeating things that are lies or misunderstood, but God's people are different because God's people have light, they have understanding, you have knowledge, you have wisdom, you know how God works, you know what God blesses, you know how God defeats our enemies, you know exactly how to defeat your foes. The scripture says that even when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes his enemies to be at peace with him. God's ways are not our ways because we have light. We have understanding. I thank God for every person that's protesting peacefully. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to tell you where the church can make all the difference in the world is by simply being the light and letting God's light shine and pray and seek God. And if you're the guy or the woman, because I don't troll on Facebook, that's not my thing. Not one of those pastors or guys that, you know, I just don't keep up. I ain't got time for that. I just don't have time for that. But if you're one of those individuals who's got this rant and this anointing to rebuke everyone out there and throw a little scripture and jab them with that, you know, hit them with the right and they never see the left coming, you know. The question I have to ask you, and I have no idea if anyone's done this. Don't give yourself away. Just keep looking forward. But I have to say it. How many minutes have you spent in prayer for that city? I said minutes now. Now I can get all holy on you and religious and get ninja on you until you hours. But how many prayers have you prayed? I don't think they're governing right. I don't think they're doing this right. I don't think. How many prayers? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, put your seatbelt on. It's fixing to happen. Because this is going to make or break us right now. If it's your first time here in a while, I may lose you right now. But I, I, I'm just going to tell you, how many prayers have you prayed for our president? How many prayers? Oh, oh, don't, don't clap your hands yet. How many prayers have you prayed for our Speaker of the House? Ouch. That one came out of nowhere, right? That was that flying chancla that just. <laughs> now, let's just be honest. If we're supposed to represent the light of the world, if we are really supposed to make a difference in the world through our prayers, then if we don't pray, if we don't reach out and give faith, hope, and love, who else is going to do it? And I got to look at the civil rights movements ever from India to, the, to America. Gandhi, um, I've said this before many times, the ideas that he had gathered together to implement India's freedom came from the Bible. Jesus Christ. Read the history on him. Watch the movie. Martin Luther King, one of the greatest civil rights leaders in the, that ever was, walked in love and nonviolence. Where did he get that from? The Bible. Why? Here's the secret. 
if you'll stay in the love of God, if you'll promote peace, and you can make a difference in your family now. So our responsibility is to take influence and dominion over our area of life and lead our family. So, you know, we can make a difference in our homes. But beyond that, when the scripture says, hold your peace, pray for those that despitefully use you, God is trying to tell us, hey, I got this. But as long as you get in the way, I can't do anything. That's what these men understood. This is what Jesus understood. Peter, poor Peter, pobrecito Peter. Peter was, was again in the garden bragging and saying, Lord, no one's going to take you. I'll cut them up. And he took the sword and cut off the ear to the high, servant to the high priest and Jesus looked at him and said, no. They that what? That's right. Live by the sword. Well, what? Die by the sword. And I know that's hard for some of us. I know it's hard for some of us, but I got to tell you. I have been in circumstances in my life. I wanted to say something, do something, but vindicate myself, justify myself, but God had to break me. God had to tame me. God had to let me go through some things to learn one lesson, how to see him work, how to see him move, because I promise you, God will never let anybody take advantage of you. It will come back, and God will move, but behind every great Exodus and movement and deliverance and evangelistic success that you ever find in the scripture was all preceded by prayer. All preceded by prayer. Why do you think 3,000 people came to the Lord that day when Peter stood up? Because they had many, many days praying together, seeking God together, waiting on the Lord. And when he empowered them, then he had the ability to go and empower other people. Everything, when God came and brought Israel out of Egypt, it was because he heard their cry. God's people know what to do. We may be separated by state lines, but we are one nation under one God, indivisible. And when you pray and when you lift up your voice, you're not just praying for your city, but God is using you to pray for somebody else's city and changing the world. Come on, everybody. What do you say? Let's start praying for our nation. Let's start praying for our president. Let's start praying for our government. Let's start praying for everyone and let God do what he does best. And that's win. Win. Lead us to victory. Heal the nation. If God's people will pray, things will begin to change. Jesus plead with Jerusalem. The scripture says it in Luke chapter 13, verse 34. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. 
and the very city. In some cases, historians have called Jerusalem the center of the world because all significant religious activity began and were significant in that city. Jesus looked over his city and said, I want to help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me heal you. Let me deliver you. Let me be your answer. I feel this so strong right now. Come on, Haley. I feel this so strong right now in my spirit. God is calling out to us. God is calling out to us as a nation, as a group of people. And we think just because we live in Victoria, we can't make a difference. That's not true. Because if the body of Christ is connected, there's no respect of state lines. There's no respect of anything that sets boundaries. We are connected as one body in this world. And what you do and how you pray and what you say matters. It matters. Jesus said, come to me. Can you imagine Jesus standing over America right now and saying, I want to embrace you. I want to gather you. I want to protect you. I want to give you the reason. The point I'm going to leave you today and the only last conclusion is this. Jesus is the light for our world. It's dark right now, guys. It's not dark everywhere, but it's dark right now. And Jesus is still the light. And guess what? He lives inside of you. He lives inside of me. What do you say we let that light shine, huh? How many of you want to start making a difference and start praying for our nation? Start praying for cities. Start praying for our government. Start praying to say, like it does matter, like God does hear your voice. Like you do have a say. Voting is not the only way to make an impression. Prayer is what changes things. When God's people pray, things begin to happen. Can we stand to our feet? Can we lift up our hands? Can we just simplify this here today? This is a really simple message. This is an encouraging message to let you know you're essential. You see, you see, when, when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham knew the mind of God. Abraham knew. And he said, if I can just convince God that there's righteousness in that city, he won't destroy it. Abraham knew. He knew the scripture said. He knew it. How God was. That God created good things. Good things. God created everything that was good. He didn't make a mistake. He said, Lord, if there be any righteous there, have mercy. I think our prayer needs to be this. If righteousness exalts a nation, I think we need to pray. Let righteousness come down like a mighty stream. Let your righteousness excel and move on people who can make a difference. Send the right people. Move on the hearts of people who are troubled and hurt. Heal them right now. I was watching a video in between services. I happened to go through and just look. I was taking a break and, and I saw a man, a video of a man, a preacher dressed up in a suit and there were people that were looting all around. And I don't know what city it was, but he was standing there with the Bible. And I paraphrase the guy because I, I want to make it right. I don't want to say something that he didn't say. But, but he said something like this. He said, hey, y'all are better than this. He said, can we just come together and pray? 
And he was talking about God seeing how God can make a difference. And, and there were people that started to listen. There were people that started to kind of get in closer. And it was kind of funny because he said, remember, respect the social distancing, right? <laughs> but then they did, and then he, he kept on praying, and people came together, and people, some people were stopping. And they caught themselves as if God stepped in to use one man and stepped in and said, you're better than this. It's not my will. I saw another video of looters that were people that were tearing a business apart. And there was an older man who owned the business who was outside of the same race, same color. And the black man came up and he said, hey, everybody, I'm just going to be blunt and tell you what he said. I know you're mad at the white man, but what do I have to do with it? Please don't destroy my business. See, God doesn't see color. God sees blood. Life. That's what broke the middle wall of partition down was the blood. If God does see a color, he sees the color red. And that's it. There is no distinction between colors and races and, and cultures and so forth. Not in the church. In the church, we're all one. And the one thing we got to consider is our assignment and our purpose for living. Our purpose is to intercede and pray. And make a difference where we're at. You probably can't make a difference in another city right now. Can't go over there. Maybe you want to do something about it. I'm going to tell you what you can do. Change your family. Lead your family. Change your heart. Let God change your heart. Make a difference in your home. Let's make a difference in our nation by raising our children right, training them right. And maybe God will raise them up as a place of influence. And one day they can have a say-so in our government and in our institutions and in everything and organization that we've got that's an influence in this nation. I'm telling you, the answer hasn't changed. The answer is influenced by God's spirit and power and forgiveness by his blood. And we have that in our life. Will you raise your hands and make that your prayer? I feel a burden. I feel a long, longing inside. I know this is different today, but this is a call to rally the troops together. This is a call to make a difference in our world. I believe just us in this building and those that are watching online can lift up our voices and just begin to pray prayers like this. Lord Jesus, God, move in our nation. Father, we repent of our wrongdoing. God, we're responsible. We're the ones, dear God. We've broken the laws. We have forgotten who you were. We pray today that you would make all the difference, God, in our world. Go, God. Go to every city. Go to every hurting family. Heal the families, God, that have lost loved ones. Move today, dear God. Move today, dear God. Move today, dear God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit right now. Somebody pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in our city. Let righteousness, God, prevail. Let righteousness, God, prevail. Let righteousness, God, prevail. 
Let your presence begin to be spread. Give light into our dark world. Give understanding to a dark world. Don't let our minds be filled with fear. Don't let our minds be filled with anxiety. Don't let our minds be filled with, with God hurt, unforgiveness, resentment. But let their God be a mercy and a grace cover our lives right now right now right now somebody give God some praise thank you for listening to today's message if you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend for more information about who we are visit riversidechurchtx.com